Angela Cut. <laughs> Back for another week. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. My name is Josh DiMatteo here as always with Jake Eisenberg and Matt Beatty. Um, if I seem a little bit quiet today, it's because <laughs> there is a horde of people on the other side of the wall that I'm recording from doing a very big training that I do not want to interrupt. And if you're hearing any mumbling from the background, that would be them doing their training. Um, yeah, they, had, they for, got you nervous. They got you nervous. You didn't even give us cool intros today. Yeah, there's <laughs> not much I can do here, mate. It's a pretty tired. But uh, that was Jake that you're hearing. And we're all very, very G'd because it's Summer League. There is so many Aussies playing in the Summer League this year, so many NBL exports playing in the Summer League this year. It's just it's a great time for backdoor cut. So it only makes sense to kick directly into our favourite and only segment here on the show, the Rose Gold Moment of the Week, or maybe this week the Rose Gold Moments of oh. the Week. Ooh. Very good. Where do where to begin? I feel like we gotta kick off with Josh Giddy just steaming into summer league like a man on a mission. He looks like he's put on fifty pounds. I was gonna of say, dude, he's pumped and jacked, this guy. Yeah. Beatty, you're our new OKC stand. Yeah. How how's seeing Giddy out there getting you going? Mate, I um I've missed him. I the, the <laughs> last Two two months of the True. season, he was gone, and I just lost interest in OKC. But um, obviously, bringing Big Chet in and and the the return of Giddy, it's I mean, I think they are the team of summer league for me right now. It's it, it's it's hard to to not watch them whenever they're on. It's 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 kind of the headline act, if anything. He's just yeah. such a fun player to watch. Like, it's pretty pretty hard to argue with that as well, considering the talent that OKC has on their summer league roster. We were even chatting off mic earlier, like, why is Giddy even playing in these games? Like, clearly he doesn't need the reps. No, he does um, need the reps. All of these guys need the reps. I think it's great that he's at the game. Like, he definitely wants to get better. He's clearly worked in the offseason to work on his body, plus I imagine everything else. I love seeing guys like this. I said it before we got on, Jalen Brown was at Summer League in his second year to just practice some of the skills that he'd been working on. And, yeah, he looked too good to be there but there's not too good to be anywhere if you're just better than everyone that's that's a good thing um it makes everybody excited it gives you confidence i, I i'm disappointed to not see like jalen green i'm not surprised to not see jalen green there but he, he didn't play well enough to not come the, to the next year although you think. could argue that the rockets entire season is going to be a summer league season this year so no real point getting extra reps now. Might as well use this as a shop window to see who you can add for the full season summer league. Yeah, I guess from a roster construction standpoint, what's the point of putting guys out there that you know are going to make the team anyway? But the dudes that are on these summer league rosters aren't going to be playing some of the roles they're asked to be playing, right? So yeah. like, you've got guys that are purely catch and shoot that are being asked to do other stuff, and it's almost like irrelevant like oh he struggled today but yeah he's playing a role that he will never be playing in the nba so from that perspective it can be helpful to have the right guys out there which is why the gideon chet thing is great to see you've got yeah i was gonna say Beatty, do you reckon that giddy being out there like clearly a step above a lot of the competition 
is it just to get reps in with his new running mate, Chet Holmgren? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think so. That uh, combined with the fact that he missed the back end of last year, you know, I think mm. it, it, he was going to be working out anyway, so why not be in in a team environment already in, in the summer league and, and you're already working on that chemistry with your new teammates. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with Jake. I think it's awesome he's playing. It's disappointing that some of these other big rookies from last year aren't suiting up, but at the same time, every team's going to approach it differently, so you can kind of understand it, I suppose. But... I mean, I, I just find the Thunder to be the most interesting storyline of this whole thing so far, and he's a big part of that, and obviously Chet is, is the other big part of that. Uh, to, to be fair as well, to clarify, I do think it's a great thing that these step-above second-year players are putting their hands up to have a run in summer league as well. Like, it, it, I'm sure that kind of work ethic can only serve them well down the line. And, like, we've seen, like, RJ Hampton, who is on Orlando, right? I think he's there this year. And, yep, like, he's, he like, a third-year player. And, like, I think he didn't – I think with the, the the COVID and all that last year, I don't know whether some of that was affected. But either way, he missed out on a summer league yeah, during his first one, two yeah. seasons. So, in that sense, you know, you, you sort of really appreciate that when those guys are, are obviously chomping at the bit to try and prove themselves still and, and take these opportunities when they, they present themselves. Well, he, he's definitely someone who should be there. Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. He has not really shown anything to show that he's not he's too good for summer league. And, I mean, Orlando's sure. got a fair bit going on in their backcourt. So, like, obviously, yeah. in that context, you really want to try and take that opportunity to, to make sure that, you know, you, you, you're putting your name in the window for the coach and be like, yo, I, I want to be in the rotation yeah. come season start. 100%. Well, I think we're going to get into Orlando in a hot minute. But before we get there going to rattle off some other G-leaguers, some other Aussie Rose Gold recipients for the week. Um, Dyson Daniels, our man at New Orleans Hornets. He, he hasn't really well, he did his ankle. He's gone. He's done. He's done the Josh Giddy yeah. of last year. I know. What the hell? And, and we probably won't see him again for the rest of the tournament, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Next time we see him, he's going to be throwing lobs to Zion. <laughs> this is true, which is a good thing, but it's a, a shame thing. that we won't see him I in know. the summer league again. Although we will see plenty more Luke Travers, who we've been chatting about him a little bit because, you know, Perth Wildcat making his way to the NBA. That's awesome stuff. Doesn't really have a shot. Young guy. We didn't know if he would make it into the roster for this greater season or whether he would just be a summer league addition and then shipped off back to the NBL or G League or wherever it might be. But Luke Travers, the 56th overall pick by the Cavs, has been playing unreal in Summer League. He can handle the ball with both hands. He pushes the pace, rebounds well, defends well. And I feel like he'll stick around this season based off what the coaches are saying about him and what his teammates are saying about him. It's great. Beatty, you go. You're the resident I, Travers I, enthusiast. I, I'm, I'm actually more enthusiastic for Travers than what I was, I guess, pre-draft. I, I think that he, what he can bring to the table for an NBA team is is something that you probably don't have a good enough grasp on until you bring him in. And then obviously they've had a look at him now and, and he's in that context of, of playing in summer league and playing with some of these guys who are going to be on the roster. I totally agree. Like his, his, his defense in particular, that's going to be something that I think he can bring that now already. Um, the, the offense is probably a, a, a bit more of a work in progress, but he's a big body, 6'7", 6'8". He, he can defend on the wing. 
I think that is an invaluable sort of tool to have if if you're trying to break into the NBA. That's I mean we were talking about it as well. Like yeah, you need that wing defense, you need that perimeter defense. So he's someone that's going to be able to do that. He's going to be able to take pressure off the lead guards. He's, he's going to be able to try and handle a little bit of the ball. You know, coming off the bench in a secondary unit, like if he can make the roster, I, I think these are all the things that he's already ticking those boxes. It's just whether or not he's surplus to requirements right now, as you sort of alluded to, Josh, or, or you know, whether they think they're going to be able to use him straight off the bat and he's going to carve out a role in that rotation. Because, I mean, what, Cleveland were a playoff team last year, right? So it's... Oh, uh, not quite... Well, did they, were they playing? They, but they didn't... Yeah, they lost to the Nets. Yeah, they, yeah, the they actually, they died off at the, at the real end of the year. Well, they year, got cooked right? by injuries, yeah. Yeah. So I like it's it's a tricky yeah, no. one. I I, I I mean what he either comes back to Perth or somewhere else in the NBL and has a, a bigger role and maybe can can work on more aspects of his game and, and then maybe be a, a more complete player a year from now. Or, you know, Cleveland look at him and say, Well, yeah, maybe this guy is gonna be able to, to help us win games now. And and that's that's probably the conundrum that, that Cleveland are, are having to toss up right now. But a conundrum that we weren't expecting to be talking about, as you as you yes. alluded, we weren't as high on him going into the draft as we are now, seeing him actually compete against some of these guys and looking really good. Like, I don't know if it's a Australian thing, but it's interesting to me how these big wings that are coming from the NBL and Australia just enter the NBA with such little fear. Like this guy is just like running on the court, pushing the pace, pushing the break. Yeah. Like you got to have confidence to do that as some Aussie kid playing for the Cavs. I don't know. It's like the te- it's like more of a team mentality. Giddy, Travers, and Dyson, they're all these big wings that like to get out, run, and facilitate. Like if you want to enjoy yourself, type in Luke Travers to Twitter and you've got mullets, you've got Larry Bird compilations – because the, the passing and the number thirty three with the mustache and the and the mullets, like this is this is a good time. And um, so Cavs Nation appears to be in on the in on it. So, like, I mean, that's always a good sign. Um, I'm 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 way more in considering I knew nothing about him until summer league. But like, he had five blocks the other day. Chet Holmgren had six. Why don't we hear about Luke's five? You know, mainstream media is Mate, that's it. hiding it something is. from I'm you. I'm so with you here. I, I just wanted you to keep going. <laughs> I, I, the, probably the big conspiracy. I, I'm looking at Cleveland's depth chart now, and like, th- there's a few guys ahead of him, and that's where I'm just a bit like, uh, maybe he could, maybe he'll get more use out of, like, selfishly for him to come. Whether they they put him in the the G League or they stash him back here in the NBL, like, yeah. I think he will get. A lot more run that way, and then hopefully, yeah, further down the line, it, it will be it will be better off for him. But How, I don't know. Is he twenty? Yeah, these kids are so. Because I mean, you got He's also had two years of NBL, like full seasons of NBL under his belt already now. So yeah. he's played two two years of pro ball, which is something that you know a lot of these other guys in some league wouldn't have. So it's it's an interesting sort of experience for him to bring that yeah. to the table versus what some of the other guys. Are. So who's ahead of him? They've got like Dean Wade. Dean Wade, Chetty Osman. Well, see, the Chetty. Cleveland, right, were running these real big lineups last year, yeah. right, where between Love and Laurie Markkinen and then Jared yeah. Allen, like, it's obviously Mobley's got to be in there somewhere. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's where his verse, like, I think he is more. Yeah, he fits that, I feel. He's, he fits, he's like a big facilitator. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think he fits it even more on the, like, you can play him at the two. 
and yeah, like yeah. and he's or he's huge for that like so in that sense like yeah you're right he does fit that that mold it's just you know even in if you want to talk about that well what in their backcourt they've got garland they've got Okoro, um, Okoro. I think they've Rubio resigned. Like there's, yeah, there's a few be, other guys. Karis Levert still there, right? Yes, like that's it's, right. It's, that's who we're missing. Um, yeah. And, what's is know, Sexton still there? Well, he's, technically, although he's apparently he's on the the trade block, right? Well, he's a free agent, right? So he's a restricted, um, and so we're kind of waiting for all the restricted free agents to stuff to happen with Aiton and Sexton and guys like that. Still, um, I kind of think that he's this is a bit weird, but like he's probably competing with Okoro and with Osman in that sort of like mm. there, that's the kind of level where he's trying to, if he's going to, he's going to take minutes or opportunity from those guys. And I know that's neither of those guys were huge minutes guys for those last year. But like, I think that's realistically where he's going to be able to squeeze into the rotation. If he's to make the roster. I, I know we're all big Chetty Osman fans here on backdoor cut, but I feel like he's the one who is on the line here. Cause Isaac Okoro, they speak very highly of mm. his defense. And yeah. Chetty, really, his ball handling, Luke might be able to do that quicker than we no, think. But Chetty's a, become like a sniper dude. He, yeah, he is. And that's just that's, such that's a valuable thing. skill yeah. in the NBA, and which that's what Travis doesn't have, right? Like he's not a... Yeah, he's not, he's not, the shooting still needs to come along a little bit. What, yeah. what I lot, wonder yeah, is, yeah. can his overall impact be better than someone like Okoro, who's good on really good on defense, but his offense is a bit of a mess? Well, yeah. that's where I, I just think there's probably too many other ball handlers already on that squad where mm. Garland's there, I think Rubio's oh. still there, Neto's there. Like, there's there's guys there, and I know a lot of those guys are, like, out-and-out out point guards, but, like, yeah. that's where maybe I'm still – I'm umming and ahhing on this, but it, I, I yeah. think if he comes back to Perth and has a big year here again and, and gets, you know, big minutes and, and is one yeah. of their real main guys, he's probably going to be better for that experience. That's we, we've We've seen two years of Justinian Jessup, who's who's been a, a Warriors draft and stash. You know, he's played a starting role for for Lawara for two years now. Like, I, I think that that is is it's there's nothing wrong if that's the the outcome of, yeah. of this little stint in summer league for for Luke Travers. Yeah, you're that's probably going to get more run. Do yeah, I just I, it's hard. It's impossible to quantify what what are you better off doing? Are you better off bouncing between sitting on the end of the bench for the Cavs? And playing for the G League, yeah. getting the NBA coaching and, and the NBA lifestyle, all that kind of stuff versus just whatever you're getting with the NBL, which is yeah. one of the better professional leagues in the in the world. It's it's hard to say. Pay-wise, probably getting more in the, on, on the two-way, I think. Yeah, um, probably, probably. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I, I, I think for his career, and I'm, I'm feeling a bit stronger about it now just looking at that roster, but I, I do think that it's probably going to be hard for him to crack it. But I don't know. At the same time, like, if he can keep playing well in summer league, it's he's going to be in the minds of, of, of Cleveland execs again next year, right? Yeah, no question. Justinian Jessup, by the way, who you just mentioned there, Beatty, is on the Warriors summer league team right now. Um, getting yeah. some runtime with them so they can have another look at him. So See, that, that'll yeah. be an interesting. Like I don't like I haven't caught any of the Warriors so far in summer league, so I'm not too sure how big of a role he's been able to carve out there. But like he's had two years now in the NBL, he's been stashed away for two years. I don't know if there's a rule on how long they can do that for. Or I, what so I was t- there, talking but. about this today because like the Celtics have the French guy Bellerin, and yep. you basically just have their rights forever. Yeah, um, I think that's the case because. The Bulls drafted Nikola Mirotic and kept yeah. him in Europe for a few years before he came over. 
um, and it didn't. He could have waited. Yeah, I, I still remember they were trying every year to bring him over, and he was like, "No, nah, not yet, not yet, not yet." He could Miritich have waited. Was probably a different. Like that guy was a Euroleague MVP. It's it's probably different levels of compared. No, to, but you know, I, I mean like the the draft the actual, rule. Yeah, they had yeah. the rights to him. So whenever he did yeah. decide to come to the NBA, it has to be to the Bulls. Yeah. So yeah. that's in that sense with Jessup, like you know, I, he's probably a big chance of being stashed away again next season because I, I don't know whether he's going to crack that Warriors rotation. I know they've lost oh, Gary Payton, but like yeah. still, like it's yeah. I mean, they only gave him eleven minutes yesterday in yeah. the in the game. Yeah, they don't, they don't even have a, his bloody picture on the box scores. Like, yeah. come on, man, let's get it together. Um, and then. Just rattling off a few more Aussies that we've well, got. Well, yeah, there. the Luke Travers bowl with Jack White yesterday, right? We that was yeah. the yeah. I think Jake. that's probably the little bit of the the one that I probably didn't expect that much that one so much either. But like he's been good, right? Mm-hmm. Jake, Big you seem to be on the Jack White train. Oh man, I, I just all of a sudden I'm seeing Twitter kind of go off about Jack White Nuggets Twitter and. So I jump in. He's got 15 boards. He's getting up and down. Again, another one of these like six foot seven dudes that can just do a bunch of stuff. We um, seem to have them just yeah. a, a tap. They, 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 with these I guys. know, right? Yeah. Um, they need to go to the Joe Ingles school of shooting though because none of them can shoot. Yeah. <laughs> none of it's, them can what, shoot. Why? I don't get I don't it. Know. Like, they're all feisty defenders, all great yeah. ball handlers. None of them can shoot. I and like. I, I put Ben in this category too. Ben I Simmons. Think, I think I'm not even going to sure. talk about Ben Simmons, but like, <laughs> I think Joe is interesting though, right? Because when Joe first came over from Europe, he couldn't shoot either. Good point, actually. Yeah. So that's that is probably the most encouraging thing about that is that's a guy who came over when he was 26 or 27 already. Yeah. So he was a late. He was a late guy, sort of like Miritich, as you were just talking about, Josh. Where, and and in that first year, you know, he wasn't really doing anything offensively at all for Utah. He was just a body on the floor. So, you know, to go from that to you know one of the best three point shooters in the league for a couple of years there, Joe Ingles, the like, best. Yeah, I, I think that that's yeah. that's you know obviously it can be done. Yeah, exactly. And rare, yeah, rarely does someone get worse at shooting. It's just how much better can you actually get? Well, yeah, we've got. Jack White, he's on the Nuggets summer league roster right now. Um, we've got two Aussies on the Bulls in a Calder Gak and McCur Maker. Um, yeah, Sydney Kings DJ Vasilievich is on the Phoenix Suns roster, as is Joe Luala Quill and Juop Reith, who had a big game the other day. I, I, I the funny one with Phoenix will be what happened with DeAndre Ayton because I think that's like ultimately if they've got to fill out roster spots because they don't there's a Kevin Durant trade or there's you know whatever it looks like that's where maybe some of these bigs might be a sneaky chance for them but like it's weird for me having that many guys like between Duop and Luala Chul like Luala Chul was an MVP candidate in the NBL last year he had a really yeah good season. for sure. Um, but it's it's kind of like they're almost going at each other, competing for the same spot, which is a bit it's a bit interesting from an NBL standpoint. I Vasilovich, I I'm a massive fan of Vasilovich. We watched him a couple of times, Josh, and oh the, the, yeah, the, the final series. Big fan of his. I, I don't know whether or not he's he's an Fair NBA is. guy just yet, but like I love his game and I, I love his attitude towards it. So like it, it's, he, it's great he definitely. For, 
He has an NBA game. It's just it just needs like that little bit more. It's got NBL polish on it right now. He needs NBA polish. Yeah, on I it. don't know. It's one of those where like I don't know whether like say if he just had two or three more inches on him, or if he was his wingspan was like it would be. It's probably one of those things where, or if he's like more of an out and out point guard at, at his size, maybe he would be considered more. I don't know. Yeah, like, he can shoot the ball and like he's not afraid to attack the basket. So that both of those aspects are. You know that's what I admire about his game, at least. And uh, you know whether or not he's in the NBL again next year. I think he's re-signed with the Kings, but he has Europe yeah. outs. Yeah. And he has. I think all these guys have NBA outs, obviously. So you know, I, I don't know whether anything in Europe, if no interest in, in the NBA, if if that's a, a possibility for him. But I know the Kings will love to have him back if if neither of those pan out. I would love the Kings to have him yeah. back for sure. Yeah, the guy curls around the screen like anyone. You know. Yeah. It just, yeah, I mean, it probably is a matter of size more than anything because he's like just a touch too short and he's got short arms and he's a bit nuggety. But, you know, in the NBA, that's that, yeah, it's hard. That's That'll do it. That's all. Yeah. You can't, every little margin, whether it's your arms or your freaking yeah. hand size, can yeah. be the reason. But he has the game. He has the, yeah. he has the mind. And he's another Hopefully. one. Like, I think he played four years at, at, at Miami or one, he went to one of those schools down there in Florida. So, like, like same with Jack White. I think Jack White went to Duke. So yeah, like Duke these guys years. are these guys the NBA scouts who are more know into them. the college side. Yeah, they know of these guys. So that that yeah. aspect is is probably only going to serve to help them. Hopefully, I was going to say I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> but as you can see clearly, we've got a glut of Australian talent incoming to the NBA, trying for the NBA. It's extremely exciting, so obviously has to be at the forefront of our Rose Gold chat this week. But that's not the only things happening in an Aussie NBA front. We've had Joe Ingles sign for the Bucks for a year, and he's going to run the pick and roll with Giannis better than anyone has ever run it in the history <laughs> of the game. We've got Aaron Baines he's looking back. at NBA tryouts, which is incredible um, considering he couldn't walk. Mate, a year that ago, guy, that guy that ran the guy that ran that that runs the Twitter page must be loving life right now. That that Bane's Twitter page that just yes. abs- just follows him around everywhere. Like it's yes. he's got something uh, to post about again. Yes, that's right. I forgot about him. Bane's fan page. He'll be stoked. <laughs> well, he'll <Man>. be back. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, was, he, I, he had yeah. workouts the other day. I, you know, yeah. Hope, hopefully, he. Uh, I think we're all optimistic. He might. He might. Yeah. Someone will take a flyer on him. But I was really I'm hopeful. I'm I was hopeful. really hopeful it would be the Celtics because we have like a we have a Daniel Tice hole to fill now, and Baines in theory would be perfect. It's just the Celtics already have a few injury kind of concerned guys, and so you, I don't know how much you want to add a thirty-five-year-old dude who like couldn't walk six months ago. Um, but but you know Tice was it. playing what five minutes in the finals. Yeah, I know, but you want someone's going to be able to play ten to fifteen in the regular season. Uh, well, you, just, I, you, you just don't know right now with Baines, so I get it. Like not taking him. I think the other, like the other one that I'm maybe a little bit hopeful for is maybe Phoenix again. Again, yeah. There's a few other dominoes to fall over there first, but like he, he's probably his best season in the NBA was in Phoenix, right? That was yeah. that was the one that really broke out for him. Monty Williams just let him the green light. Apparently, he was just allowed to shoot the ball and turned into a, another really good three point shooter all of a sudden, which was. Nice. A bit unexpected for Aaron Baines, but um, you can thank yeah. Brad Stevens for that. That Philly series <laughs> is when that first started. Yeah, that right, was, that was the best when Aaron Baines is burying threes in Ben Simmons' <laughs> face. Oh, 
Right. Well, we'll see how we go with Aaron Baines. We've got uh, off the back of some strong-ish Boomers performances, we've got Matthew Delavadova having another crack at the NBA. <laughs> He's working out with our very own Sacramento Kings right now. <laughs> um, we're not going to sign him, but we'll see if the real-life Kings yeah, give him a go. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, he just wants one more $2 million check, and I'm, yeah. and that's fair enough. Don't we I don't, all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might well, go to the next summer league, yeah. just, just oh, in case. Why not? Sacramento, why not? you never know. You never know what they might do. Yeah. <laughs> And he'll link up with his old mate, Mike Brown, over in Sacramento. And then one of the bits of rose gold news that I've been frothing, but has nothing to do with the NBA, is Dante Exum signing a long-term deal with Partizan Belgrade in the EuroLeague, who have a fervently passionate fan base. And I'm very, very keen to see him play in environments like that. I think it's just going to be good for Dante. Just settle, get just like a couple of years under your belt, like just playing professionally. It's not as rigorous as a schedule. You can probably take care of your body a little easier. Like just get back on track and then maybe give it a crack back in the NBA in another couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I think this gives him the perfect platform to do just that. Yeah. Did you say, I don't know, how many years was that contract? Do you know? Off the top of your head? Uh, I didn't say uh, term. I just said long term. Is it long term? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. But like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I imagine he's probably only signed for a year, but I think a well, lot of those it's deals longer, are longer like than that. his three month deal at Barca. No, or but the, the Barcelona thing got extended, and I mean, like he he was really good in Barcelona. Like they they made the final yeah. four in, in Euroleague, and, and they had a lot of injuries, and I think that was a, a big factor of how he ended up on that roster and, and got got minutes. And I think that's why he's probably got squeezed out there for for the upcoming season. But yeah, I agree. I I, I think Fever that style of basketball actually probably suits him more. I think he can, if he never comes back to the NBA again, but just, you know, has a strong career in Europe, like that's, oh, that, that'll be awesome for him. That's I, I a, what a life, be, man. That's, yeah. come on. I yeah. can see him like doing very well in Europe and, you know, getting his game to a point where it's, you know, one of the better guards in that partisan division. And then playing for the Boomers, doing something crazy and then getting a back way into the NBA off the back of that. Yeah, but it's yeah. just whether or not that's even that's for him at this point. I mean, we, I think we've talked about already, Nico Miritich is like one of the best players in Europe and like he willingly just went back. He could still yeah. be in the NBA right now, but like he's getting paid a mozza to go back and play yeah. for Barcelona and, and be the, the main guy on that squad and, and do a little bit of everything versus, you know, being stuck in a corner shooting threes for the Pelicans or wherever yeah. his last stop was in the NBA. So yeah. yeah. Punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> Bobby Portis. My no, yeah, not your guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's from a boomer's perspective with, with the World Cup next year. Like, that's it's important for him to be getting solid minutes. And, and if that's in the NBA or in Europe, obviously it's going to be in Europe next year. That's that's the, the, the most important factor for, for Dante. Well. Fantastic. That is quite a run-through of Aussie hoops, fellas. We haven't had this much going on in quite some time. Um, Very, very exciting stuff. But pivoting hot quick back to the Summer League, we have the top three picks, the consensus, any of them could have gone number one. They've been duking it out. They've been playing some ball. What do we think? Paolo Bonchero, Jabari Smith, and Chet Holmgren. Well, I mean, this this is the the backdoor cut 
triumvirate battle, the Triwizard Tournament, right? Here. <laughs> we've all we've all planted our flags in different um, picks, right here. I did get confused when Chet was going off initially, and I was like, "See, I told you this is why I, I planted my flag in Chet." And Beatty reminded me that that is not who I planted my flag. In <laughs> no, you didn't. Which I, which is true. I went back and checked the tapes. I was a I'm definitely a Paolo fan. Still am. Uh, oh, dude, I'm I'm all in on Paolo. Like he does look is, interesting, doesn't he? Very dude. unique blend of size and guard skills. Bro, he's like Tatum 2.0. He's like six nine, six ten, just like giant dude that can score, be a number one option, get dudes involved. Not and then hopefully the defense comes along. Like. He's That's perfect. the thing, hopefully, hopefully. He's got the body, he's got the moves. I mean, like, he's already seemingly bigger than Jason Tatum. Oh, yeah, he's definitely bigger than when Jay- when Tatum came into the league, for sure. Um, but, yeah, def- I mean, Tatum was definitely better defensively um, than Paolo. But I I just thought it just made sense to me. 6'10", elite scorer, going to be able to get buckets in the playoffs. Men amongst boys in the summer league so far. So I feel good against my, about my boy Paolo Beatty. I like. I love how you mention Orlando and playoffs in the same sentence. Like, <laughs> hey, they get rings now. Not 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 in the twenties. Maybe in the thirties, like twenty thirty. But um, you know, we'll get there. No, I I'm, I like I, I like what I've seen of Paolo too. I, I for me, it's just more. It's the, the ceiling pick was Chet, and that's I. Given where OKC is at their sort of rebuild and timeline like and and i mean i don't know orlando's maybe not too dissimilar in a way like you look up and down their squad and they've got a lot of young guys as well i don't think anyone's sort of got super high expectations for them this year either but like you know i I just think you you want to go the ceiling option there and and for me that's that's chet see i'm not so sure I'm not how, so but, sure. What, how is that not the ceiling? This guy could be KD. If, if, no, if, if, stop. If like, no. I know if he it, had the stupid pull-ups. Why not? I think his his blocks are overblowing his defense. I don't think he's going to be that effective a defender I, in the you're, NBA. You're a person Ooh. who thinks that Porzingis is a rim protector. <laughs> because he keeps people's shots no, low. Porzingis, no, Porzingis is a terrible defender. Like I, I, I think that <laughs> Chet is going to be fight. That like physically, I totally understand. Like obviously, the guy needs to put on some some weight, and that's going to yeah, happen. He's yeah. twenty years old, whatever he is. Like it's that's no issue. Like pull up Giannis's summer league tape yeah. and tell me that that guy is yeah, now no, no. the two-time MVP. So that's where I, I, you know, I, I probably lean more towards that. Obviously, again being a little bit of a thunder person from last year with Giddy already, you know, the prospect of those two playing together, we've seen a little bit already now in summer league. It's like, that was the, that was the the pairing that I wanted for them. And, and obviously it went that way because Orlando made the decision for them, I suppose. Yeah. And- I, I will say, Shai Gilgis, Alexander, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, like it's going to be, Oh my god! Really, and then really they've, got, cool to see. they've got a thousand lottery picks for the rest of the decade. They're <laughs> going to be in the lottery again next year easily. They're not going to be a playoff team next year. And if they if they threaten that, they'll shut everybody down and then they make sure that they won't be. They'll be in the Wemby, the the Wembyama, whatever his name is, yeah. the French yeah. kid. They'll be in his sweepstakes as, as much as any of these other terrible teams will be. So you know, I don't know. Like I, I just think that that. I, I would have went Chet if I'm in that situation. I totally, I kind of get it with Orlando too, with with Paolo because he's going to be a really good player. Like, like that. Yeah, they need so. Like you're right, Jake. Like he's he could be 
well, I, I think he will be their best player already this year. Like if he can stay healthy, right? Yeah, like who, yeah. who else is like he's going to lead be their them most in, reliable scorer. He's going to lead them in scoring at least. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think yeah. for sure. I, I like Franz. I think maybe Franz overall might be better than Paolo for his rookie year. But I kind of am with you as far as like pure, pure ceiling. Like in theory, Chet could be a defensive player of the year and be, get you like 23 a night. Like, that's in theory. I'm not. I, I'm not there yet. I, I don't. Obviously, but I, I do see the possibility. Of, like, and that's like true. Whether or not he hits that ceiling is. Crazy. I think twenty three is conservative too. Like, because this guy can shoot. guy can shoot the three, right? I mean, he can oh, shoot the three. Tyler can't really shoot the three. I don't think Chet can shoot the three that consistently yet, though. No, can he? Oh, uh, he's he, he's meant to be a pretty good three point shooter. He's definitely yeah. like he looks comfortable. Letting I it just go. think that there's a like the versatility there, Actually, and this is again with Giddy, right? Like, I mean, this this is a pick, pick and pop target. This is a pick and roll target. Like, I, I don't necessarily know if he's got a low post game so much, and obviously the body is a, a thing that that's probably a more of a work in progress for him. He can pass the ball, he can handle the ball. You don't maybe you don't necessarily want him to be out out up top handling the ball too much but at the same time like he's had possessions where he's just pulled step back threes on people and it's just like yeah that's outrageous (laughs) it's probably like the most you you couldn't reach it you'd couldn't reach the the tip of his his three-point shot so i I hear what you're saying in that sense pulling the rebounds down pushing the pace like dude just watching him is visually fascinating experience yeah, yeah. I, f- like, I feel weird it's like that's wrong <laughs> that, that, that shouldn't be happening he's definitely doing shit that seven foot two guys don't usually do which is a fantastic sign um i forget who i was listening to but he does a podcast talking about his dad i think used to play i'm not sure he made it to the nba but his dad you know not unsurprisingly also a super tall guy but had a bunch of body issues as he was growing up and so he got chet in like physio super young and so now Chet's got all this mobility and flexibility and like he's comfortable running and dunking and landing and doing all these things um, that seven foot two dudes don't fucking do. That's interesting to know because I did not know that. And that that's is right up your alley. That worries. Yeah, that's, like, one of, that's right up your alley, that tidbit. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's <laughs> wanna, changed you, a lot yeah. of things. You, you want that story for Zion, which doesn't exist. <laughs> otherwise, you would have heard it. Hey, he's looking pretty good though. Oh Sorry, God! Man. Looking good where in the sanding dunks that he's been doing, which he has. No, I just mean like physically, he's looking pretty good. He looks man. better than last year. Yeah, who knows though with this guy and the lighting and the angles? Like you got. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't doubt that he has a production crew either, but yeah. Hey, can only go off what I've seen. That's a side note though. Back to Chet and the boys. I'll I'll plant my flag in for Jabari Smith. Yeah, how you who, feeling? I I feel great. I think. I, <laughs> I still think he was the pick for the Rockets. They picked the right guy. He fits the vision that they're trying to build. Um, I can't really comment on how prepared he will be to play defense because I don't know if the Rockets or their summer league affiliate play any defense. Mm. Um, but he looks good. I'm I'm still okay. I'm still with it. Would you have taken you? But you, you, did you ever say that the Magic, if you were them, you would have taken Jabari first? Um, I feel like I may have. We're gonna have to go with that because that just fits this whole thing quite well. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's yeah. I haven't loved what I've seen from him yet. 
So if I, if I, yeah, I, I just, I, I think it, it's maybe like if I'm if I'm going on about Chet being the ceiling guy, I think maybe Smith is the floor guy. I, like, I think I'm with you. And if that, like, I'm a little bit more concerned. Like, I just don't know if that, like, I think the offense from the other two is has been more impressive so far. And that's probably, like, it's obviously easier to sort of, again, it's summer league, and I agree, I don't think anyone's really playing much defense out there. But, like, at the same time, you know, I I just think maybe Jabari's probably got a little bit more work to do to get to that point, if that makes sense. He's also maybe the most physically impressive. Like, I get Paolo is, like, a really intimidating, physically impressive guy. No. Come on. What, you don't reckon? Sick the six foot ten dude with like elite ball skills. Paolo. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Dude, I, J- Jabari I'm, I'm can't I, 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 I don't know with Paolo. Like my thing with Paolo is he maybe he gets run off the floor in NBA of eighty two no. games. Like that's my concern with him. And I like I've I've banged on about it a little bit because I like even is he a four or a five in the NBA? He's a four. Yeah, I don't know. That, that like, limits I things. Think, I think that's oh, not ridiculous. ideal, man. I, 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 I'm scared. I'm getting come on, no, bad. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. But I think dude, he, if, he, if Carl Towns can play the four, then Paolo can play the four. Yeah, but, yeah, but Carl I'm, Towns is I'm the best big man shooter of all time. Oh god. Yeah, and he's one of the worst defenders. <laughs> well, man, he's just got a three-time depoy on his team now. Yeah, so we'll get, well, that's it's all, next. It's all good. I it will get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. But yeah, I'm 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 with Beatty on this. If he's predominantly going to be the four, which he will be, because Magic have so many young centers to groom. Otherwise, then he's going to be spending a lot of time on the perimeter, out in the corner. I just I don't know. I I, I would if I was the Magic, which I'm not then I feel like Jabari Smith would have been the safer, can can put him in any kind of scheme and you will get an effective player. Um, yeah, and but I still see my, think that. I, like, I think there's, I mean, you kind of touched on it, there's probably too much overlap between what Jabari Smith can do right now and what some of these other bigs on that Orlando roster mm-hmm. can do already. And like why you don't want a bunch of bigs who all do the same thing. So in that sense, like I think Paolo is unique because like he can score the ball. Like he's the best. Like he's gonna he can, he's gonna average what? If you I reckon he'll average twenty something. I was gonna say I reckon he'll get pretty close to twenty this year. Yeah, yeah, he'll be nudging that if 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 he can play the full year and hopefully you know he'll have no restrictions or anything like that. So in that sense, I I do get it for Orlando and like I'm I'm probably glad that. If it wasn't going to be Chet, it was Paolo rather than Jabari Smith. And I don't know, like obviously Houston picking third, you kind of just got to take whatever's on the, still on the table at that point, right? And and that was a decision. I'm sure they're happy with that. Oh yeah, they'll make it work, man. Houston's another one. They got they got picks coming out of their bum oh, yeah. for the rest of the decade as well. So yeah, just mm. dip into a couple of picks below these ones that we've been discussing over the past few weeks. Our Sacramento Kings in our timeline drafted Jordan Ivey, Jaden Ivey, yeah. who has been balling out for the Pistons. Yeah, another um, one that got injured there. He did, which is unfortunate because he was looking really, really good yeah, before he looks then. Sick. Um, and the Kings, who we would have loved to draft Jaden Ivey, drafted our second choice, Keegan Murray who we thought was going to be the safe pick. But it turns out Keegan Murray's actually got a bit of a bag and he's been doing really well in Summer League. Yeah, but th- this would be really worrying if he did not play well at Summer League. 
like yeah but that's fact, kind of what i'm i anticipate you know, at this point <laughs> like yeah if you're thinking, well fuck it the, the guy that's supposed to already be good isn't good that would be, that'd be classic kings i guess um but yeah kind of makes sense that the 23 year old is dominating the summer league thing the, yeah. the fourth overall pick um so i guess that's good like that's good yeah good well, job. It, it means that they it means that the guy that they thought was going to be, you know, this ready-made product is actually pretty ready-made. And that is probably, considering how the Kings sped up their own timeline, what they want at this point. Yeah, no, exactly. If you're going to do what you're doing, then this actually does make sense. But but granted, Ivy looked plenty ready to just score. But I guess the fit, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) And they just traded away Halliburton, which... If they didn't like Halliburton, they're not going to like Ivy. Yeah, he's too good. Yada, Can't yada, have him. Yada. Kings, kings, kings. Can't, can't have this guy. He's going to be too good. Yeah, way too much excitement coming out of there. Way too good. <laughs> Slow it down. Christ. Um, okay, that is a fair whack of Aussie hoops and summer league. So before we kind of wrap up our little catch-up episode this week, we should probably get stuck into some of the trades that has been flying around the early part of free agency. It seemed like free agency absolutely exploded out of the blocks before hitting a bit of a brick wall of late. But yes, you okay, know, well, lots every, happened. Yeah. There's lots every, happened. Everybody's waiting for this Kevin Durant Kyrie situation to figure itself out before everybody starts making the rest of their moves. Yeah, and to be honest, that's at such a ugly point that it's hard to yeah. even speculate at this it, anything could happen who knows the season could start. Yeah. Yeah. this yeah. is this is ben simmons last People, year all yeah. over again yeah yeah uh, and he's there how ironic yeah. i know <laughs> he's at summer league yeah good on him he should <laughs> maybe, be out maybe, there playing maybe he <laughs> maybe. is the answer maybe like Opening night, he's just the good vibes guy all of a sudden. Bring, <laughs> brings Kevin and Kyrie together. Oh, you know what? Don't worry about that trade request. I'm enjoying my ball with Ben and Kai. Like, we're, we're winning games. Uh, Maybe I will Ben's say, the secret recipe. The photos and short clips I've seen of him this offseason, he oh, does stop. look like he's beaming. Who? Who? Ben, what clips? Like he's just yeah, he's smiling of, and everything. Of him just sitting on the sideline, yeah, giving he's a thumbs looking... up at the camera, like yeah, of course. That's why why he does best. he be beaming? Yeah, I don't know. He looked pretty miserable, or he didn't even look for a good period of last season. So, and he looked miserable before that. I don't know. I just like to see the guy smile. You don't see it too often. <laughs> Truly. Oh my god. Um, but. Some of these trades, hey? Let's kick yeah. off with one that Beatty referenced earlier. Probably the weirdest trade I've ever seen in my life. The Minnesota Timberwolves trading for Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz for the biggest haul of first-round picks you'll ever see. For no, Well, granted, you know, it was as many-ish as, like, for Anthony Davis and Paul George. Like, okay, kind of makes well, sense for those guys. The Paul George one, it does. I wouldn't even say that makes sense. The Paul George one was opportunity cost to also bring in Kawhi. Correct, correct. So I'll, I will allow a little overspend there if it means getting you both know, of them. The, the, I think it made sense for both that one and the Lakers one. Um, yeah, Anthony Davis, of course. Like, the guy looks like they got a, magic. They already won a ring. Yeah, um, they won a championship. But I still, yeah, I still think Rudy Gobert on the fucking Timberwolves. Dude, 
Pat Bev, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Leonardo Bormaro, Walker Kessler, who was a first-round pick just this yeah. uh, draft, four first-round picks, and a swap in 2026. And only <laughs> one of them is protected. And it's top five only protected. I know. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Danny fucking Ainge, bro. I, I, I'm going to ask you directly here, Jake. How did he do this? This is what he does. What do you mean this, this is what he does? This is what he does. This is, this is where he thrives now. It's asset accumulation. He, he is the trailblazer. Danny Ainge walked so Sam Presti could run. <laughs> Man, there wasn't even rumors of like, I mean, there was general rumors, but it's not like there was a, a buzz about yeah. Rudy Gobert's about to be shipped. No, seeming- I think there was within there was a little, Utah circles. Yeah, was- there, whether or not it was Rudy or Don or what it looked yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Was, there was definitely something that was going to happen this whole But season. I mean, like, there's not like the immediacy of where's Kevin Durant going to go right now? What's no. his haul going to be? Like, if Utah got one first-round pick and a couple of seconds and a good young player back... I don't reckon the Utah fans would have been that angry. But no, got- like I think this is where there's a disconnect between what you guys rate Rudy Gobert. Like I agree that, that the hall is too big, but yeah. like Rudy Gobert is a good player as well. And like I- obviously Minnesota are, are all in on this and it, it's it's a move that maybe if I'm Minnesota, maybe I don't make because I, I don't know whether or not this is how you're going to win a championship. But I think that that's, they're, they're putting all the chips in right now. That's what this move is. But that's so dumb. I don't, I don't why, know. Why is that? If, if your big three is Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert playing defense on the inside, like that is a team that can probably be top four in the in the West, right? I, I like at its best. Regular the best season case scenario. Uh, yes. Yes, regular season, no question. I think, this and then team you, is going you, to be you, you allude to regular, like you don't think Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony, like obviously Carl Anthony Towns has been in the league long enough now, where yeah. we've seen it a couple of times, but at the same time, we haven't really because he's been stuck on a terrible team in Minnesota. Like, let's see him in the, like the skill set is there for him to be able to play well in the playoffs. It, I mean, he was pretty, he was up and down in that Grizzlies series. Obviously, he's yeah, like one series. But it's not like, okay, if you want to talk about skill set and you, you look at Rudy, right? And Rudy and his sort of record in the playoffs is probably, that's the one that's easy to pick apart. And like, he's probably been played off the floor in two years in a row now kind of thing. I, You're I not still, selling me here. Yeah, but I like, what like what else are they supposed to do? Just be Sacramento. Well, I, yeah, look, yeah, basically, yeah, look. And after reading Minnesota's kind of side of things, they've been so bad for so long. Basically, their entire existence, they've been terrible outside of like a couple of KG years. I think they've made the playoffs twice since KG. Yeah. Like, that is that is a long time. And even with KG, like they made the Western Conference Finals once. Is that right? Yeah, with KG? yeah I think so, yeah. I think something like that. Like they've just n- never been good consistently. And so this, I would say, kind of guarantees them at least a pretty solid floor for the next five years. I am 100% with you there. I just don't think the ceiling is that much higher than the floor. I think there's yeah, no, little room that's, to grow here. That's where I'm with and you. Unless... I, the, yeah, but the growth is in Anthony Edwards. As a okay, so what's the... And the growth is, is that... Yeah. Like, that's what's the guy, it? right? Like, you're all in on that guy. He is He is it's your just, franchise. Like, if, if John Morant didn't exist, like, 
Anthony Edwards would be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, well, he's like, a hundred percent agree. A year behind, right? Like maybe next year is the maybe year. That's it's the Anthony year. Edwards yeah. Year. yeah. I mean, some people are crazy high on Edwards, and I didn't kind of realize how high people are on him. Like people are like top five MVP like guy that's coming at some point. Um, and I didn't even consider that really option for. I mean, I I, I was I really liked his first couple of years, but it hasn't felt to me. Like, oh, yeah, this guy's lock it in, like all NBA yeah. for the next 10 years or whatever. I haven't seen that. Um, but he's only in his second year. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest. Like, we just need to, like, yeah, maybe the third year is the leap year for him. I, I think he's certainly capable of being that guy. Whether or yeah. not he gets there is a different story. But, like, I, I think he's also, he just he just seems like a dude that wants to win and, and, and be a competitor on every single possession. And I'm like, I think that is you can build around that if you're Minnesota. And like uh, when you add someone like Gobert, I think Gobert is, is going to be relatively sort of no nonsense. He's, he's not going to be kicking up a fuss that he's been traded to Minnesota because he's just been playing in Utah for the first, whatever it is, period of his career. Like it, it's not sort of an issue there. It's just whether or not this fit on the court is, is going to look okay and is going gonna, is gonna to win games, I suppose. But I, I don't think... When there is such a question of fit, which there is, we don't know what this team will look like. When there is such a question, such an obvious question of fit, you cannot be spending what they spent to bring him in. Because if it goes wrong, which it could, then that's it. Like you're doomed for worse than mediocrity for the next at least half a decade. I feel that, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say, I'll say that. I feel There's Anthony no, yeah. Edwards makes this somewhat legitimate but i'm not sold on like, carl anthony towns you, as a playoff you compare guy. it to the last time danny ainge did something like this right and like obviously we're, we're speaking with the power of hindsight and it's it's yes. a lot easier in in retrospect but like that was he swindled brooklyn absolutely mm-hmm. swindled them and you know kg and uh, Paul Pierce it was yeah, it pretty much KG everyone Pierce, Paul, yeah, Paul yeah. Pierce, like, Jason Terry they pretty much all just turned to shit as soon as that trade happened and that was because yeah. they were old and they they, they, already, they, yeah. they were done like that's like they, they were coming off a, a period of a few years there in Boston where they were one of the best teams in the league they won a championship and then Danny Ainge made a, a stone cold you know cold killer decision to, to do that trade I mean he's, he's done it a few times over there in Boston and like yeah that is that was essentially put the wheels in motion for Boston to still be good all these years later. They they had lottery picks for pretty much the whole last decade. They they got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and all these other guys from that, and they were in the finals last year. Like it's it's I, I think from that aspect, like when you make that comparison to this, and obviously Anthony Edwards is what 21, 22. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is what he'd be like late twenties now or mid. Yeah, like, yeah, mid late twenties. Yeah, I, I think that the timeline is a little bit different there. You're right. So like, it definitely that's is. where I'm a bit more optimistic about it. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Like, I, I don't see a complete just everyone falls apart situation. Like, yeah. Gobert, so he's 30, but I, I mean, that's fine. That's I've completely revised the age of people falling apart. Yeah, these days. I feel like right. whatever it is, sports science or whatever, yeah. it's just it's come leaps it's and bounds up by two years. Yeah, 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 100%. No question. Like Steph, 34, KD, 34, Horford, 36, PJ Tucker, 37. Like, the, the only, like it's happening in other sports as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. The other thing I guess with, with Gobert and like and I'm I've probably watched Rudy the most of us three. Like yeah. but I don't need to tell you that, you know, obviously on offense he's he's relatively limited in, in what he does for you. And it's just whether or not he loses a little bit, like he loses a bit of pace or first step or whatever you want to call it, because then maybe he's not as viable on the defensive end if, if that's the case. I don't know, and like that's we'll find out over the course of his contract, I yeah. suppose. But yeah. <laughs> they better hope not. Yeah, they yeah, they definitely better hope not. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty. I feel pretty comfortable with Rudy being pretty close to his peak at 34. Still, like he's always been someone who's in incredible shape, very yeah. durable. Um, yeah, floor wise, these guys are going to be middle of the pack, maybe even closer to the top seeding wise. Surely, right? What were they? They were a seven last year. Yes, or a six, seven, six, seven. Eight, yeah, yeah. Pat but, Bev on the table. We just won yeah. the championship. Actually, no, yeah. it's a seven seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. like. Surely, they're going to be higher than that. With, with this trade. Yes, for sure. The West is going to be tough, but I agree. You drop Utah down, you move just as simple as that. Um, but then just ceiling-wise, basically, the and I've and I felt it with the Celtics over the past two or three years, it's like I, we need we needed 28-year-old Tatum in the finals this year for us to have a chance to win. And Anthony Edwards is 21, so like – by the time he's in his prime, I guess then this trade will have kind of worked itself out by then, right? Like five years from now, it's 2026, and all of a sudden you, you're getting your getting some of your picks back here and there. Yeah, and you're entering prime Edwards, right? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe you well, can trade Towns to, to get some of that value back if it, if it I, doesn't work out. I was going to say, I think it might not be this offseason, obviously, but... Carl Anthony Towns is going to be the one that makes way to make this partnership fit because I, I tr- truly cannot see how Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and Ant can win a championship together. Although there is a timeline in my head where Ant and Rudy Gobert and something else can win a championship together. I just don't see how this very particular puzzle. No, I, like I don't and mind Kat it because will get you value back. Because I think Cat, like I don't know, he's he's similar to AD in that, like he, I think he's probably always in the back of his mind wanted to play more of the four. Whether or not you know coaches think that he is a four at NBA level, that's a whole other story. Like obviously, I guess the organization has bought into that with this trade, right? Like he will be playing the four for him this year. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Like obviously, again, he's a skillful dude. Like I, I, can that be targeted? Uh, teams are going to play smaller and 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 almost play five out, are they going to be able to sort of target that? Maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. Because I'm thinking like how the Warriors ran Wiggins at the four in the finals, and if Cat has to try and keep in front of Wiggins on the perimeter, that's crazy. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, yeah, I, I agree, right? I suppose the, the 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 thing there is that you've got Gobert hopefully clean it up behind him. But yeah. it's it's... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I see their thinking. <laughs> it's it, it's definitely that kind of it's it's that delicate balance between oh we've got a, a dominant sort of post defender versus like two or three or four guys that are interchangeable switchy on the wings, and like we've seen. I mean, if if last season is is the way to to go off that, I mean the two teams in the final finals were more along that sort of side of things. It's probably gone more that way. I mean, we talked about Boston's defense for half of the season last year, yeah. and they had all these guys that were sort of interchangeable bodies like that, the best defense in the league, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Utah have been Utah have been at various points one of the better defenses in the league as well, but then come playoff time, it's just it's fallen apart for them you know, two or three years in a row now. So 
I, yeah, it's I, I like it purely because like it's it's going to be interesting to watch. I just want to see what happens. I just want to see how that goes because it's oh, it's, it's like, juicy. And like oh, yeah. obviously, again, as the guy who's watched a lot of Utah, like I was ready for that team to blow it up, and and that's what the start of this is. You know, whether or not Don's on that team in two or three years, who knows, right? It, but it's I, it's all better this, off now. After this trade. I don't even know if Utah's front off of Steven cares. Like, they have so many first-round picks to have a swing at building another team. Like, maybe you trade Don as well and get mega, mega asset accumulation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that one. I think one thing I know about Danny Ainge is he's not going to make a deal that he doesn't like. He's going (laughs) to He has to fucking... It has to be a fucking fleecing. Like, this is just how he operates. So he won't trade Donovan and I promise you there won't be a KD situation where he gets bullied into doing it I don't think um, but yeah interesting and I, they could they could just like do a stealth tank very easily at this point oh, I, I like, think Mich- so I think yeah like Mitchell's not good enough to carry a team like, nothing. to a, to a because, seven seed because and the other thing as well you look up and down that roster and whether it's Jordan Clarkson or Mike Conley or Bojan Bogdanovic like these are all guys that could yeah. potentially help you know playoff teams this year and so if it's a fire sale and say all of those guys are gone by the deadline but but Donovan's still there yeah that's that's nothing that's that's going to yeah. be a bad team yeah dude like yeah yeah easily and I mean it kind of started with Joe like he he's was so important to that team yeah that's he when felt- this blow up started. Yeah, they no blew question. the team up when they let yeah. Joe go. Yeah, you could you could almost point it's like right there, and, and obviously I know Rudy missed a little bit of time, and they slipped to like the fifth seed, and so now you take Rudy Joe out. They lost. They traded Royce O'Neal as well. He was their only good wing defender. Like this current team's going to be like, who are they better than? Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, New Orleans, Clippers. They're not Lakers? a playoff team. Yeah, I, I no, think they're. they're they're in the ten to fifteen range this this coming season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you, Don just gets an injury, like like around the All Star break, and that's it. And bang, they're in the they get a top five pick. Like, that's it. It certainly works for Utah. I'm not criticizing their end of the deal. Um, yeah. I guess we will see. I guess we'll see. But fascinating, considering this happened after Kevin Durant asked for a trade formally. So who knows what Brooklyn is expecting as a package for him now? I think that's what's fucked the, the trade market for them. It's a, they expecting yeah. a Rudy Gobert package and every other team's like, fuck no. Yeah. Kevin Durant must have had his head in his hands when he saw what Rudy yeah. went for. He's like, how am I ever going to get my move now? Well, especially because no one can trust you want to be be there yeah. where you get traded. And it's like, what are you going to do, request another trade another year? Like, we're not giving you our future. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, well, two trades that I want to close on, fellas, that actually have finished and we haven't covered in any other episode yet. The first one is Jeremy Grant going from the Pistons to... Next one, Jay. Next one. Jeremy Grant going from the Pistons to the Trailblazers. How do we feel about that? I don't think it's a particularly big needle mover, but Trailblazers didn't really give Paul, up too Paul much to make it happen. in a weird spot. Like, like they, obviously, they got to try and do something because Dame's – we're on Dame time right now. Like, they got oh, yeah. they got to try well, and – We did sign a two-year we, we extension. Got a, we got a few years. He's only 31. 
Yeah, well, again, hopefully, let's subscribe to the theory that you know he can yeah. he can be Chris Paul at thirty seven and still looking amazing. Yeah. Let's hope, like I, I like I want that that outcome. So hopefully that's what it is. But like I thought it was a bad like I know he missed a bit of time last year. It was just a bad year overall for Portland last year. So yeah, but like how much of that was um, could he have come back in the last? Because they dude, yeah, that was one of the most impressive tank jobs in the second yeah. half of a year I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, like, and so I guess this is a little bit of a retool on the fly, but it's just sort of like yeah. you know, is is the pieces that they've brought in, you know, is that going to be good enough? And I, I don't know. I'm still the jury's out there for me. They, they've got a lot of guard depth, like signing Gary Payton on I a like free it. agent deal, and they've got they sign Anthony to a mm-hmm. max. Yeah, see, I love extension. Anthony. Anthony's a good yeah, player, me man. too. Yeah. But I just I can see them in real time rebuilding the Dame CJ team to essentially the same thing it was then, and it didn't work. Yes, so. but but this time, so you bring in Grant and Peyton. Okay, now that you've got you've got two really Defensive good perimeter players, defenders. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so to surround them with, and you know, Nurkic can defend. I don't yeah. know. And look, I think that their goal is to just be like, fuck, good, solid, make the playoffs, maybe make the second round. And that's and that's fine. Like, I, I can see a timeline where they're a top four seed at the end of the season if everyone's healthy. That feels like the ceiling, though. That, that, I, that that's the ceiling, but I do see an existence where that can happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows with Anthony? Like, I would argue that his ceiling feels higher than CJ's and CJ McCollum at, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess they're different. They, yeah, he's, of he seems more like a Dame copy yeah really in a cj just Um, absolute scorcher from outside but i did see that dame himself said that grant was the number one priority for him going into the off season hoping that trailblazers did that and then they made the trade and then he signed a two-year extension so i can only take that that he is happy with the move and very pleased that he has a new teammate yeah i like it man um, and Nazir Little, I've always liked. I, yeah. I like what. So you got a bunch of big wing guys. All Josh, Josh Hart, who's right? still there. Josh Hart, exactly. Who's yeah. a who's an absolute dog on yeah. that end, right? So um, yeah, I, I, I'm 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 intrigued. I'm intrigued, and it would just be fun to get Dame. Plus, and it was a, yeah. an easy move to make. So you yeah, can't they got hate it for, for peanuts. Yeah. But Jake, you already know where I'm going with this. The last trade I want to chat about and. Maybe the best one. <laughs> the oh, Celtics picked baby. up Malcolm Brogdon, exactly what they needed for oh. pennies, nothing. They gave away Aaron Neesmith, Sauce Castillo. I think <laughs> I think a pick, but who cares? Yeah, Neesmith, Ties, Malik Fitz, the bench celebration god, and a 2023 pick, right? Like, dude, Brad fucking Stevens, man. So the, the Timberwolves trade five first-round picks for Rudy Gobert, the Hawks trade four first-round picks for DeJounte Murray, and Brad trades three first-round picks for Al Horford, Derek White, and Malcolm Brogdon, Mm. like just in succession, plus a swap for Derek White. But, dude, this is is a home run acquisition. There's there's no doubt. This is a home run. This is exactly – if only you had Brogdon – a couple of months ago. Oh my god! If we had Brogdon a couple of months ago, it would be we'd be feeling good. I mean, the only concern, obviously, is the injury stuff. Like he hasn't played a lot in the last few years. Um, 
But the hope is one that he could he, he was actually fine to come back um, last season. But then the two previous seasons, he played 56 and 54 games. But those are kind of misleading because it was actually, they were shortened seasons. So the percentage of games played yeah. is actually not. Like if you get a 56 out of 72 equivalent from Brogdon, you're going to be stoked. And now they have the depth to survive any inju- injuries to anyone in the in the front in the backcourt there. Also, not to mention, this will likely be Brogdon's first stint coming off the bench again in quite some time. He won't be a nailed on thirty six minute starter every night, which hopefully helps with his durability issues. Yeah, that's the thing. The load's going to be completely different. He's already, he was on the Woj pod today talking about how he's fully bought into six man of the year. Man, I would I would. Put your money on Brogdon oh, to yeah. win six man like, of the year right now. That like is 15, that is hot. Fifteen to one, baby. Hey, let me tell you. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's a great fit. I think it's exactly what they kind of needed. Like, if there was anything that you needed to address from from the previous season, that that was kind of it. Some offense off the bench, and 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 particularly, yeah, just another another guy that can handle the ball and help out in the backcourt, and and he's all of that. He's he's, he's probably the best possible thing you could could have hoped for from that i suppose so yeah it's, I, it's a great move i just want to reiterate here that your two guards off the bench is brogdon and Derek white who could Dude. be starters on a playoff team themselves like that is insane the the a team that just went to the finals lost zero players that they played in the finals and added brogdon and danilo gallinari yeah, which my fingers are crossed. I was going to say, Joshi. Primo Gallo, because Gallo's great when he's healthy. Like, he's genuinely a really good offensive player. Dude, resident, you're, yeah, exactly. The resident Italian on the pod. Like, yeah, we I love mean, Gallo. This is, we love this him. This is, man. And, like, again, the, the, the role is just. Just take the load off. Feast off open yeah, looks. Like, exactly. Shoot your three, my guy. It's like what, the Jays kind of ran out of gas because they had to carry the team so much throughout their season and playoffs. And now you've got Brogdon and Gallinari that can help limit those limit those minutes. Um, it's kind of crazy now that like the bench is Brogdon, Derek White, Grant Williams, and Gallo, and maybe Pritchard's pushed out like as the tenth man. Is there another move to be made still? Well, so now there are, there's a little hole at backup big. I would say like Rob Williams and Horford are slight injury concerns. And so now you've got Rob, Horford, and Brogdon, where you're a little worried about the health stuff. So you just want one more guy that can come in and just keep the minutes down. So I think that's going to be a big focus for the Celtics is trying to just manage everybody. Okay, we've established that we're a championship contender. It's like win a lot of games, but also let's get to the playoffs healthy. And I think the moves that they've made will help them get there. And that is one guy short... I don't know if Baines is the guy because then you're adding another dude with injury concerns. But I suppose that's yeah. not the worst problem in the world. Like you just need a reliably healthy backup big. Yeah, yeah. And like a beyond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got to find a beyond. But there's a there's Dikembe yeah. Mutombo's nephew on the Celtic summer league squad right now. Uh, Kevin Jelly Gelly. Um, he's a team high plus thirty five over two games. I know. Oh, very I know interesting. Summer, summer league plus minus is right up your alley, Josh. Um, but yeah, dude. Like, this is, it's a home run, home run deal. You, get, you give him twenty eight minutes a game. I mean, a lineup of smart Brogdon, Jalen, Jason, and Rob or Al. 
good luck. Like the Derek White version of that out, that lineup was sick, and now you upgraded to Brogdon. Like fucking good luck. Or you could go like death lineup and play one of the Jays at the five for well, you're, two yeah, minutes. You go Grant. You go Grant at the five. Yeah, like, yeah. Just another like forty percent. I mean, that, yeah, Al's kind of that guy. But yeah, the lineup flexibility now. There's so many options. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about it, <laughs> oh, mate. Mate, we're in, baby. I know it's gonna be a tough couple of years for you, mate. I just, um, <laughs> I just, yeah. I gotta, hope, some, excited, I gotta hope somebody, Luca, something, please. <laughs> Look, I mean, Giannis isn't going anywhere. Yeah, Giannis, I, Steph, I, come on. I'm almost prepared to call Boston the clear favorites in the East after making these moves. Like, I don't think there's another team in the East that can really hold a candle to their squad right now. They and are, how well it fits together. They are the betting favourites in the East. So do with that what you will. But... Short of the Miami Heat signing Kevin Durant, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, cannot rule That'd be that a worry? Out. I don't know, man. I mean, JT already outplayed him this year. So oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I to be worried about. What, what well, the fellas. Fuck? Yeah, the Heat going to throw it. I swear I'll be pissed, though, if the Heat... <laughs> If they got Kevin Durant. Yeah. Anyway. Well, they could do. We're just going to have to sit tight. Fingers crossed, mate. But that is a jam-packed episode and all I really have to talk about this week. Any closing thoughts, fellas? Mate, it's been a good summer league. It's been a good summer league. So far, we're not even halfway. Yeah, but like the you've already seen Paolo get shut down. Uh, Moody got Mate. shut down. Giddy's going to win Summer League MVP. Hell yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll take it. It might be um, the most wins they get all year. So. <laughs> we'll I see. reckon OKC will actually pull off a couple of wins this year. Uh, They're not going to do know, that. S- sit people at staged periods of the season. The, the only team that I think is guaranteed to be worse than them is the Spurs. Yeah, for once, who will be doing everything in their power to lose? <laughs> yes, yeah, we, <laughs> which I've we never can... seen before, and I'm I'm excited. Maybe I go well, the unders. Are, are you going to go unders? Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we'll I mean, look, well, it's, it's, sports yeah. bet will decide whether I go the overs <laughs> or unders here. Yeah, um, look, man, it's Tim Duncan 2.0. We'll go, we'll do the Dejounte tray maybe next week. Yeah, yeah, I think we covered it very briefly in our last episode. Well, that's why we previewed it before yeah. it actually happened. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Um, but yeah, that is kind of it. And you've been tuned into Backdoor Cut. Until next week. Peace.